Hi there, this is Mark, and thank you for joining me once again on Words of Truth. Uh, This is the second part of a podcast that I began uh, entitled Living a Life of Faith and Persistence, uh, based on Psalm 129. If you did not listen to that first podcast, I would suggest that you go back there and take a listen because it will give you the introduction to what I'm going to be talking about today. But we're talking about how, how to handle rejection when we want to live for Christ in an ungodly world. Um, Psalm 129 is one of the psalms called the Songs of Ascent. It's one of the 15 pilgrim songs, each one focusing on a different theme. And these songs were sung by men and women of Israel as they went up to the city of Jerusalem three times a year for the feast. And this was one of their one of their songs that they sung. Uh, and today uh, we've been talking, and today and the last time, about living in a world that denies God. And the in the first podcast, I talked about um, suffering for righteousness' sake. And again, you can go back and take a listen to that as we talked about the first part of that psalm. Today, we're going to be talking about um, righteousness indignation over unfair suffering. And I want you to know that this psalm doesn't really tell us to say, thank you, Lord, thank you, praise God, this is wonderful when we are suffering in unfair situations, but it's really quite the opposite. It, It expresses a lot of anger. And yet it's in the anger that it expresses faith, not perfect faith, but honest and passionate faith. We want to look at verses five to eight. Let me read those for you. Let all those in, sorry, let me start over. Let all those who hate Zion be put to shame and turned back. Let them be as the grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor he who binds sheaves his arms. Neither neither let those who pass them say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Now, hang on. Is this prayer actually asking what I think it's asking? Yes, it is. It's actually asking that bad things will happen to wicked people. Does that make you angry or maybe a little nervous? Should we talk to God that way or even ask for that kind of thing? It's a pretty strong statement, and you have to at least admire the honesty and the conviction that the psalmist is displaying here. And basically they're saying, Lord, don't let the bad guys win again. (laughs) Proverbs 28.4 basically says the same thing. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. And we can certainly see that this prayer is contending with the wicked. In fact, it's an example of offering up our anger to God. Is that all right? You think God can handle that? Does he accept it? Absolutely. I've prayed that many times. It's a prayer that we say 
we care about God and we care about his kingdom and we care about making our lives count for something. And the heart of the prayer is saying that, Lord, we know that the wicked, we know the wicked and the wicked one, they're, they're not going to win. And we know that you, God, are righteous and that you're going to deliver us. But it goes on to say, what are you going to do about the wicked? And, and what, are, what are you going to do, Lord? here and now in our lives. And you know what? We have every right to confidently pray that way. The summary of the psalm has to do with having a persistent faith. You see, the, our persistence as believers doesn't have anything to do with our own determination. Did you know that? It's not just, oh, I'm going to get through this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to. I can do it. I can do it. You know? the little train that could, <laughs> if it had anything to do with that, well, I don't know. I'd be flat long a long time ago. But our determination has everything to do with the faithfulness of God, not because we've developed some kind of extraordinary stamina, but because God is righteous. I've been learning that Christian growth is a process of paying more and more attention to God's righteous activities on our behalf and less and less attention on my own activity. And I'm finding that I don't find as much meaning in life by thinking about my own activities and actions and motives as I do by simply believing in God's will and his purpose as he reveals it in Psalms like this one. You see, it isn't a matter of us charting our own history of faithfulness or fearlessness that really matters. When we honor someone for something, like years of Christian service, what do we usually do? Well, we recount all of that person's activities and accomplishments and degrees and the buildings they built, and the churches they served in, and the the years they served, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I wonder if it would be better if we took the time to review God's history and God's faithfulness to us. That's what the writer of Hebrews does in chapter 11. He sings a historical hymn surveying the lives of men and women of faith who trusted God, people who centered their lives on the righteousness of God who stuck with them through every imaginable difficulty. And that's why they were able to persevere. And that's why they were heroes of the faith to us today. None of them were perfect people. They had all kinds of warts and bumps and deformities of one kind or another, spiritually speaking. But they lived with a steadiness of purpose, and God stuck with them so consistently that they learned to stick with him. And it was after the hymn in chapter 11 of Hebrews that the author writes this exhortation in chapter 12. And look, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Apparently, some of those early Christians had been complaining about all the stuff they were going through. Well, don't we do that the same thing today? Don't we do the same thing as we talk to people and complain about what we're going through? And so in Hebrews 12, we find this gentle pastoral response when he says in verses 3 and 4, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against you. Have you been beating up your faith yet? (laughs) Jesus has, and he's the one to focus on as the pioneer and perfecter at work in us. I think a subtext of Psalm 129, if I may paraphrase, is quit complaining and look at your Savior. Let's review our own salvation history to see where God has brought us from. Let's remind ourselves where God has promised to take us. And then let's join with others to sing over and over again the refrain of the great song of persistent faith that we've been looking at today. Many a time they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, or let us say, Many a time they have afflicted me from my youth, let yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed on my back. They made their furrows long. The Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. I encourage you, sing that song today, and you'll find help and strength in the journey. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.